everybody. Hello. It's your BFFs, <laughs> Nikki and Kirsty. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of the Dear Bear Book Club podcast. Yeah, or the second episode that we've recorded. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. We might release these in, in different order. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, How's it going, Kirsty? Uh, how's life? Mm, not too bad. It's... <laughs> been like raining for like a month in the Vancouver area but we what did have some sunshine last weekend which was great um, oh and for the weekend amazing I know it was so nice um I felt a little guilty one of the days because I was just like I don't want to move um so I stayed indoors but we did go for a walk so it um that balanced it out yeah that that balanced out for sure that is the one thing like I liked about living in Vancouver was that like if it's raining, I was just like, I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to read my book and I'm just going to drink tea and nobody can blame me for staying inside because it's rainy and crappy outside. So, yeah, when it's sunshine, you're just kind of like, uh, should I feel guilty about laying here? <laughs> well, even then, I'm just but- like, <laughs> even when it's sunny, I'm like, I'm just going to lay here so you guys can do whatever you want. Yeah. All you Vancouverites can like go for hikes and kayaks and whatever else it is you do. Yeah. So we have um Joseph's cousins uh just moved here. Um his cousin and her her husband. Um and they have done so much since moving here. <laughs> and we've lived here for four years and they have gone like within like their first month they had gone to Vancouver Island. I went to Vancouver Island for the first time, what like Two months ago, it was a month ago. A month ago, mm-hmm. a month ago <laughs> was the first time, and I've lived here for four years. Yeah, um, they went to the interior on a wine tasting tour like two weekends ago, and I was like, "Oh my oh, god, I lived here for like three years before I did that." Um, and they asked us to go on a hike this weekend, um, and I was like, "Oh, I'd love to," but at the, the time that they asked, we just couldn't make it. But I was just like, "Oh my god, guys, we." Well, yeah. okay, you can't blame yourself because you had you d- you didn't have a car. Yeah, that's true. We yeah. still don't have a car, so, but um, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get around but... and do like the outdoorsy stuff if you don't have a car because, mm-hmm. like, it's fine to get around the city and stuff when you um like have like the transit and like the train and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But like getting to like the lakes or the hikes, the really nice hikes. There are a few hikes in like in the Vancouver area, but like the nice mountainous hikes. Mm-hmm. and the wineries yeah the ones that you are like you realize oh we're in trees and everything and then you hear yeah. the train <laughs> yeah exactly um, you're like oh i'm like, not actually the in one the that was like by our place it was like it literally felt like you were like in the middle of the forest and then at the end you just literally pop out at a train station and it was just like okay yeah well anyway that's vancouver life yeah but it, it's not too bad um i'm also excited my brother's coming to visit yeah. so um That'll be nice to break up the time between now and the holidays. So we might release this. Well, we are releasing this in the new year. So all of this will be already happened. Way past news. <laughs> but um, it's still exciting. Well, I mean, what, what else are we going to talk about if not what's going on in our lives right now? So. Mm-hmm. And you, how's life? Um. Well, you know, <laughs> things have gotten a bit crazy around here for me moved across the country this is our first oh my god this is our first cross canada recording session 
Yeah. So, yes, I have moved. I moved across the country back home to Regina, Saskatchewan. I think it's funny that you say across the country because I do not consider well, across the country. We're in the middle of the um, country, but like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's still a, a long distance. Um, I moved to the middle. Yeah. You yeah. moved to the middle, but like the country is huge. So, um, and no, it's been, it's, I mean, obviously getting here was a bit stressful as it always is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really, I mean, honestly, it's been so nice being around family, like hanging out. Like, literally, if I wanted to, I could be like, Mom, what are you making for supper? And I could go and get my mom to make me supper. So that's been really great, especially being being away for as long as we were. Yeah. Living living in my in-laws basement. <laughs> Which, you know, isn't an ideal, but I think it's been going well so far. We've only been here for two weeks, but mm-hmm. it's been okay. And we're getting ready to buy a house. So that's it's all very exciting things that are happening, but all big adult steps. Yes. I do kind of feel like an adult. Uh, even though you're living in your <laughs> yeah, now that like now that they're back because they were they were away for a while. Now that they're back, I do kind of feel like a bit like a kid mm-hmm. again. But starting back to work on Monday, so hopefully getting back into a bit of a routine will will help a bit. But also really not looking forward to going back to work because the last two weeks have been great, just relaxing and not doing anything. Yeah. Oh my god, that's like. Am I waiting really excitedly for my brother to come, or am I really excited about the fact that oh, I have some days off? Work? It's it's probably both um, because that was probably both, but <laughs> definitely look into the days off. Work. When I was when my parents came up to visit when we were still out there, it was like, yes, I just can't wait to have a week off of work where I don't have to go into work. Like, thank God. <laughs> hi, hi, Joseph. Hey, we are actually recording right now. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Okay, anyway. Okay. Um <laughs> Yeah. So any any book news? What do you got? Anything you've been watching that you have been into lately? Oh, well we both finished watching um the series Only Murders. Only in the Murders. Building. Only murders. I think I've blurred <laughs> over that a little bit there. I just wasn't sure because I I am convinced that it should be only murders. Well, that's a building. spoiler, uh, kind of. I know. So don't talk. Don't talk about that. Shush. <laughs> but um, oh god, so good. We both we ended up watching it together. Oh yeah, that's right. And I think we both really enjoyed it. Or we ended up watching the last episode yeah. together. Um, well, now we're but... actually we rewatching it with Evan's parents. Ah, they're that's really a good one to watch. Yeah, they're really enjoying it so far. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to like watch it back again because you kind of catch things that like you didn't. And that's always like the yeah. fun thing about watching things that are kind of like mystery things. It's like, oh, that makes sense with like what happens later. Yeah, that's like, um, we still need to finish watching The Bodyguard. Oh my God, I can't wait. Um, so. I think we need to dedicate the time because the next two episodes are the last two and it's very intense and you can't just watch one without immediately wanting to watch the next okay. one. So, um, but I highly recommend it uh, for anybody watching. It's a British, 
I don't know, thriller TV show. Um, yeah. It came out a few years ago, but it's very good. And it has um, Richard Madden, who plays Rob Stark in Game of Thrones, which we also just started watching Game of Thrones, just as, I don't know, filler for our evening. Um, yeah. So it's very strange to see him in his like curly-haired <laughs> Rob Stark role to then see him in the bodyguard where you see a little more of him. But The bodyguard um, is so good, though. I can't wait to keep watching mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Very suspenseful. Yeah. I don't know. Lately, I've just been wanting to watch like things that I don't have to think about too hard. So I don't know if you I don't know if mm-hmm. you're into like reality shows, but um I just finished watching the last season of The Circle. So it's funny because um you mentioned this and um friend of the podcast, um or will be friend of the podcast, uh Taryn, she was telling me about the circle too and how she really likes reality TV. And she was just a person who I would never have thought would have really liked that. Um and you've both mentioned the circle to me in very recent like time, but then also I was listening to my favorite murder at the beginning of the week, and their guest hometown oh, yeah. person, yes. she like hosts the circle, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's so weird. Yeah. I was just like, I'd heard yeah. about the circle, like the UK version of it, a while ago because people were raving about it, and um, yeah, and I think there's a French version too. Um. Though I wouldn't be very good at watching the French version, um, unless it was subtitled. Yeah. Um, but Taryn can speak yeah. French, so. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, yeah, and I am, like, not, it's just, it's so funny because some, like, the people who you would least expect, because I think my sister-in-law is also really into, like, reality TV. And, she, like, smartest girl mm-hmm. you'll ever meet. Not, not saying that smart people can't appreciate reality TV, I guess. It's just not what I, like, would expect from her. But, like... I just I I'm not like I can't like especially like like the Kardashians it's like it's a no for me like all of those kind of shows definitely not (laughs) I I I guess I am a bit more into like the game shows and I think that's probably why the circle is a bit better because it's like a game show like I used to watch Survivor and I used to watch like uh, the Amazing Race and stuff like that yeah I used to enjoy watching the Amazing Race with my parents um but I like like we got really into um the um well it's called two different names in the uk it's called the great british oh, bake-off yeah. and then here it's called the great british oh. baking show and oh my god love it um to the point last year where we decided we were gonna make a victoria sponge um and we were making all of these like different things because we were like oh yeah we can make that but also as the seasons went on when they were making things that they would maybe like you would have a bit more knowledge about and I'd be like oh my god they did that wrong like as if I'm like a fantastic baker I'd be like oh no that's gonna flop like Joseph that they didn't put this in like there are things not gonna rise or like whatever and yeah well that's kind of how I feel about like this like sports so we've been like streaming the Toronto Maple Leafs go Leafs (laughs) for the last like year like ah yeah, I guess we probably started at the beginning yeah. of this year, or maybe la- end of last year. Can't remember. Um, well, last year the season started in January. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, because yeah, we you watched the it would be the Stanley Cup playoffs mm-hmm. of the 
um, yeah. in the year 2020 because they cut off the season. Yeah, we cut off the season and then they had that playoff in the middle of the summer. Um, so then they had a big break until after, um, like into the new year 2020 because then they had a condensed season and it was they had different um, conferences instead of like the... Oh god, I'm not going to bother saying them because I'll forget them um, and I'll do them wrong. But the different ones that go from like east to west um, across North America, they split it so Canada had their own like northern division. Yeah. But this year they're back to the regular divisions. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And they started at like a regular season time. So. Um, yeah. So that's how I feel about the same because we've been watching those and also I've been getting into like the rider games. Go riders. Um, <laughs> so that's been nice to be back as well though, like, because there's all these ri- the rider stuff is all around me so that's been nice but anyway by- the point that I'm trying to make is that like I'm watching these and now like with hockey I feel like I didn't say as much at the beginning because I didn't know what was going on but now watching it with Joseph he's kind mm-hmm. of explained it to me and now I'm like fucking get to the net what the fuck is wrong with you you're being paid millions of dollars and, you- and I'm like I could never do any of this stuff but I'm sitting here on the couch being like that was the worst shot I've ever seen. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> or when they fumble a shot, or they shoot it to nobody. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, they, exactly. Or they pass it to nobody. Um, I was only half paying attention to the game the other day, and then I really got into it when it like it went into yeah. overtime, and I was just like, "You're shooting it to nobody." And then I think it was Austin Matthews. Or no, it was William Nylander. He like fumbled oh. over himself and like fell yeah. on the ice, and I was like, "Are you a yeah. teammate?" Like. <laughs> Right, as if I'm the greatest skater that ever existed. Like we went actually went skating last night, um, and this morning I could hardly walk. <laughs> um and we skated for like half an yeah. hour. Um and like fair enough, it was a solid like we didn't um really get off the ice or stop for that half hour. Um and it was only because the play started to get a little busy and I was like, Oh people yeah, sure. um that we laughed. Yeah. Um but we were there and the first, like, I'd say the first 10 times we went around, there was like five other people with us. So that was great. Um, then all these people with like children came on and I was like, a child nearly bumped into me and I was just like, no, mm, no, I'm done with yeah. this now. Um, but then watching like me, who's like a baby bird <laughs> on ice to then watching Joseph, who's like in front of me, then skating backwards, like smiling at me. And I'm like, ah. like, does Joseph skate a lot? Does he play? Ho- did he play hockey when he was a kid? He did play hockey when he was growing up, so he can skate really well. He just like takes a moment when he like hasn't skated in a while, because the last time we skated would have been about two years ago to like roughly yeah. this time of year. Um but then not long after that time, two years ago, I sprained my oh, ankle. Yeah. So going on skates yesterday, I was yeah. like, it'll really fuck your ankles this is up. This not like, good. Like, yeah. And it was a little swollen when I came home last night. So um, we'll just have to keep mindful of it. But it's just seeing like the smile on his face when he's skating and like showing off a little bit it's just like he's never really that person that shows off ever so it's just kind of nice to see him just like kind of be like in his element a little bit um not that he's not good at shit he's so good at shit it's yeah irritating but um he's like the smartest guy ever but yeah he knows a lot of stuff um a lot of historical stuff everyday general <laughs> knowledge not his forte that's a kind of um, the funny thing about like living with my in-laws is that oh my god like i look at my husband and i look at his dad and i'm like okay so this is this is my, gonna be my life and i 
Yeah, this At is least, the like, now I have my mother-in-law to commiserate with, because, like, I can't remember. Evan was looking for something to take to work with him, and I was waiting for him because I've been driving him to work. And mm-hmm. he was like, um, yeah, I'm just going to go downstairs and look for the... And then just doesn't finish his sentence. And that fucking mm-hmm. just drives me up the goddamn wall. And, like... I was like, does has he done this like his whole life? Like I was just like, th- I, that drives me crazy when he does that. And she's like, oh well, yeah, he comes by it honestly because <laughs> Jim does that all the time. And I was like, oh my god, I can't. At least she says that she waits for him to finish his sentence, but I don't have the patience. When he, whenever he does that, I wait like a like a total of like one point five milliseconds, and I'm like, what? What are you looking for? Just tell me. <laughs> So she, she, I guess she has a bit more patience than I do because I'm like, no, I need to know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe having children gives you a bit more patience. Oh, that's, um, that's true. That could be. But yeah, I don't know. I remember having a very like about like um, things that your like partner or something does, and I remember asking Joseph's mom if he always leaves his socks <laughs> scrunkled up. Like, does he ever pull them out? And she was like, oh, yeah, tried to fix that. He's yours now. Oh, my now. God. I Good get luck. that all the time. Um, she's like, no returns. He's yours. And I'm like, well, I didn't know. I didn't have all the information before I made this decision. Yeah. And now it's yeah, legally exactly. bound. Like, there's no, there's no choice about it. Um, yeah. Oh my! There was a few of those, but I feel like we've straightened some of them out. That's good. The socks thing. Yeah, you know what? Issue. To give him, to give him a fair shot. Everybody, don't worry. He he is trying. Now that he's a bit mm-hmm. older, he's uh he's making an effort. So, so sorry, Evan. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Yeah, sorry, Joseph. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm actually reading a really good book right now, but I don't. I I think I might want to do it on an episode, so I don't want to give uh. to give away too much. But it is it is a good book. It's called The Wives. I think Ooh. the author is Taryn Fisher. I think that's what it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I, I saw it pop up. Oh, yeah, that's Good right. Reads. Now, because I get emails every time you update your yeah. Goodreads. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Taryn Fisher. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's really, really good. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to say anything about like the plot or anything because I think I might do it. It, it depends on how it ends. <laughs> if I like the way it ends, then I might do it. If not, maybe I'll be talking about it on the next podcast. But. Um, yeah, that was really yeah. good. Also, ooh, book news. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people, and I know you, Kirsty, are a murderino, but have you heard that Paul Holes is coming out with a book? Ooh, I don't know if I did know that Paul Let Holes Let me see um, what it's called. But I can't wait to read it. I I'm not as, like... Unmasked. Um, yeah, unmasked. My life solving America's. I think it'll be really good. So I'm really excited about that one. That doesn't come out until next year. I know, but that was another one to add to my to my pre order list. I was really excited to see that. Um. Yeah, I have a whole bunch that I've now I unearthed my Goodreads account. (laughs) That I started in 2011 and didn't touch from, I think, about 2013. Not that I really touched it before then, but um, 
I've really gone into a deep um, refurbishment. I deleted pretty much everything out of it. I think except for one book. Um, but I'll need to revise the, the review on it because I've written it like a child. <laughs> um, but now I have a whole bunch of books. Uh, like my want to read book is bigger oh, than yeah, my read too. book me too. list. And... Like, I've then categorized them into, like, own but yet to read um, and Dear Bear Book Club as well, <laughs> um, just because they're ones that I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to do that one for that or whatever. But then there's a whole bunch of ones, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to remember that I read that once upon a time. But even there was one earlier when I was going on to, like, look up something about the book that I'm going to do today, um, I went on and it was recommending this book on the site. I was like, oh, I've actually read that. So just add that. Yeah, to the red. To yeah. red already. Um, yeah, I mostly just use it to like keep track of, like I set myself a like a reading challenge every year. And like the last few years I haven't gotten mm-hmm. it, which has been really disappointing for me. But this year I crushed it already. Mm-hmm. And I still have two months. I still have yeah. two months left. So, but that's, that's because of this, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of this podcast. It's told me that I'm behind. Um, but I also wasn't striving for this. Um, I only re- resurrected it in at the very end yeah. of October. So I, there was a few books that I knew exactly what I've read and stuff. Yeah, so I yeah. could like put it on and the dates and stuff. But um, yeah, as I was going through the list, I also like went through your list to see if there was like ones that I'd read that were on your list and stuff too. So then I realized I actually still own one of your, uh, I have one of the books that you own and you lent to me along with all the like, true crime ones um but you also gave me Ellen oh yeah that's Park. right did you but i literally just put it on my own bookshelf and did you read it? About it so no <laughs> i need to so i put it on my to be read list so that i'll maybe actually go through but i think i need to go around my apartment and put books that i have around my apartment because well, there's so many you know you can scan read. them in right um, you don't have to type them all you can like scan there oh yeah is that through the app yeah i need to look into oh that. yeah if you've Okay, I did put that. You've been on my using phone. it just on like your web browser or whatever. Yeah, it's through the app, so you can scan the back code, and that way you don't have to like type it all in. Oh, tips. neat! Hot tips. Yeah, I'll with have Nikki. to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I didn't. I tried um, to do that. Like, I think yeah. I did that. Like when I first got got it, when I was like whatever, eighteen, however old I mm-hmm. was. But like, yeah, now I just basically use it to like track my like yearly goal. And, like, just, like, as a, this is what I want to buy list. So, like, when I did the chapters, like, event, whatever, yeah, last, no, the Thursday night, I was, like, looking through and I was like, ah, what what do I want to buy? <laughs> but then I also have a separate, like, note on my phone for, li- like, books I want to buy and, like, pre-order and stuff like that. So I just have too many lists of books. I mean, you, you can really never have enough. And it's, it's literally a never-ending yeah. list. Yeah. Also, um, I need to confirm that um, one of my close friends from Scotland, that he is on Goodreads. Because now I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, maybe it's not you. Uh Maybe it's a different um, person. But, oh, no, it has to be. So I'm just looking at it now. And um, his wife is also friends with him on. So it has to be him. So this is my good friend, Alan. And he, I'm pretty sure, did... uh, scottish literature degree um so so far his 
um, reading challenge for 2020 is to read 36 Holy books. shit. And he's read oh 30. Oh my god. <laughs> so I, I think he's going to crush it. Um, yeah, my goal this year was 18 he, because I read 18 last year. Yeah, so he joined in 2017. And on his Goodreads list for how many books he's read is 217. <laughs> wow. So... I think he would. Alan would be a lovely person to have on here at some point, um, because he is very knowledgeable about all things books. And I did have a quick look through his list to see if there was anything I was interested in, because there's some real heavy hitters in there. But um, there is a book that I want to. I I started reading, um, and it won the 2020 Booker Prize, which is a prize for, um, I think a work of fiction in the UK, and. I have that book and it's set in Scotland and I'm pretty sure Alan has read it too. So that would be interesting for us to like. Oh, is that that is that the, the, the Shuggy Bane one? Oh, yeah. God, I just I've heard it's so sad. I don't even know what it's about. Like yeah. do you, like do you know what it's I've only read the first few chapters and it's Is it a true sad. story though? Um, is it based so on a true far. story? Well, see I, I don't know how true it is because the, the author himself was born and raised in Glasgow. And I think when I was reading something, I read an interview by him the other day. I think his mother was an alcoholic and the character in the book, his mom is an alcoholic. So I think that it's maybe like influenced from his real life, but it's not. It is a work of fiction. Um, yeah, so it would be... Nice to do that, but that's going to be a heavy. I'll read it. I'll make a sacrifice for you and this podcast. But like, <laughs> you might yeah. have to. We might have to do something really fluffy after because I'm probably. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> because, and the book today that I read is very, very fluffy too. Good. Um, Good. Yeah. But um, yeah, for me, I haven't really read much apart from reading for the podcast. Though I did think that we were doing something else today. <laughs> Sorry. So I'd pushed off us recording this episode because I thought we were doing a different book. But it did mean that I had read this book, bef- the the one that I'm doing today. I'd read it in advance of the, the other book. So it's all good. I don't have to do that Great. one today. So. And that one's a bit more of a heavy, it's a very suspenseful book. Today is light and fluffy. Well, so. I guess maybe that's a good segue into what our theme is. Oh, and yeah. our theme is life <laughs> is fucking hard, guys. <laughs> yep. Sometimes you gotta just take a nice fluffy. Yeah, book and in. yeah, you know things. As you know, as I was talking about earlier, things have been a bit crazy. So I don't even know where half my books are. I don't even know where I don't even know where <laughs> half my shit is. And I we yeah. were just like we just gotta do do a recording. So here we are. Life is fucking hard. That's what the the theme is. And um, yeah. so we just kind of picked books that we're we were reading at the time and that we wanted to talk about. So here we go. We're yeah. in it. Today, my book is Don't You Forget About Me, which that title will stick in your head because you will always want to be Don't singing that song. Forget about me. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> Whenever I was seeing the title, like the cover of the book, I was like, oh, here we go again. But and it is written by Vari McFarlane. Okay, say so that her... name for me one more time. Okay, Vary. but it's spelled like yeah, Mari. Okay. 
So it's M H A I R I. I have one of her books, and I've been saying Mary, my or Myri or something yeah. like that. So yeah, so it's um, Scottish Gaelic form of the name, so it's actually pronounced Mary. Well, yeah. now I know. And I did double check that she does go by that saying because I do know somebody that I went to school with, and she didn't go by the the Gaelic pronunciation, but she does go by Vari. Um, so she's from your homeland. She is from my homeland. She um, was born and raised in Scotland, but now she lives in England. Okay. Um, and she's written quite a number of novels. So, and a lot of them do seem really nice and fluffy, like romance novels. Yeah. Um, so this just this one just kind of stuck out to me because I was like, oh, I know that song, so I'll. I'll listen Does to the this. song have anything to do with it? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no. Well, I don't really know the meaning behind that song. Apart, yeah. So, anyway, um, so I'll read the little synopsis of the book or okay. the summary that mm-hmm. is provided, and it. If there's one thing worse than being fired from the grottiest restaurant in town, it's coming home early to find your boyfriend in bed with someone else. Reeling from the indignation, oh, read that wrong. Reeling from the indignity of a double dumping on the same day, Georgina snatches at the next job she is offered. Barmaid at a newly opened pub, which just so happens to be run by the Bolsh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, by the ball she fell in love with okay let's start that the whole sentence again reeling from the indignity of a double dumping on the same day georgina snatches at the next job she is offered barmaid in a newly opened pub which just so happened to be run by the ball <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck uh, hmm <laughs> I don't know why I keep calling him Bull. Barmaid in a newly opened pub, which just so happened to be... (laughs) Barmaid in a newly opened pub, which just so happens to be run by the boy she fell in love with at school, Lucas McCarthy. And whereas Georgina, voted most likely to succeed in her school yearbook, has done nothing but dead-end jobs in the last 12 years, Lucas has not only grown up into a broodingly mm-hmm. handsome man, but he has also turned into an actual grown-up along the way with a business and a mm. dog. Meeting Lucas again not only throws Georgina's rackety per... Mm, does that make sense? I'm going to make sure I copy that right. <laughs> yep. Meeting Lucas again not only throws Georgina's rackety present into sharp relief, but also brings a dark secret from her past bubbling to the surface. Mm. Only she knows the truth about what happened on the last day of school and why she's allowed to ch- allowed it to chase her all these years. Whoa. So. Oh my Christ. <laughs> um, oh, Lord. Um, so, I really enjoyed the book in the sense that, one, I did listen to it as an audiobook. Just because I knew we need wanted to get another episode out, and I thought, well, I can read it on, or I can listen on the train uh, on my way to work. I can listen while I'm cooking dinner, so that I'm really focused in on this book. And 
I love books that kind of gather up that 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 look feeling of when you're late in high school and you're kind of an adult but you're not you've not quite figured everything out yet but you fall in love and you're kind of like drifting away with that because there's no real like consequences mm-hmm. or anything um during that time you can just kind of like fall deeply for someone and I think that that kind of like captured it really well um she seemed to encapsulate that but like the snippets that she had about the school time were really small um for the most part so it wasn't like you were always being transported back in time there was just like tiny little snippets or she was like explaining a time back to you um to like somebody in the book as like a memory or um at one point she starts um competing in these like um story competitions at the pub which is the pub that she's working now working at they're doing like a worst day at work store <laughs> competition so you have to go up and stand and tell your worst day at work or your worst day of school or the worst day of your life that, it, that kind really of thing fun. and yeah i know i was like oh my god i would totally do that um but also i have stage yeah, fright like so. it would be scary to do but it would be fun to like listen like, maybe once you had a few drinks in you yeah it might be a good like thing with like a group of friends like we could maybe do it where like we all then discuss like our favorite or like our worst time that we ever had in school or even like our favorite time in school like if there was like a moment um but i i thought it like seems to encapsulate how neurotic i feel about at times like about the essence of school and life and how these things can also leave you with a lot of trauma so things that happen in your life they're not just things that happen they're not like detached from you they weave themselves into like the fabric of your entire Mm -hmm. being and if something happens to you that that isn't just like something like a little little stain or something you could just wash off who you are there like it's embedded into you and it sometimes can take a very long time to accept those things and not just accept them but like understand that it's now part of you and part of the trauma of your life um though the story was like really easy to like listen to and to read and a bit fluffy at times it does have that like coming of age at 30s kind of vibe of like now you are a little bit older you kind of can deal with those challenges and things that you maybe didn't you weren't equipped to deal with in like your early 20s to like understand um I do there is a warning that they do talk about an assault in the book um which is very tough to listen to um particularly like I think a lot of um people could relate to the fact that if there is some sort of like assault that happens within your life you're maybe like oh well I have to deal with this this is something that like people will say something if I don't like go along with it and I think we're moving on from that as a society of not just dealing with like, oh, these things will happen. Oh, it was just a laugh. Just like, like, oh, whatever. Shoving it under the rug. getting a lot better with it. Yeah. Yeah. Or that the fact that there, people maybe don't know the whole story yeah, right. of things. So what other people think was the story that was presented to them maybe isn't entirely what happened to the person it was done to. Like they actually know the full story and yeah i mean i feel yeah. i feel like that's the thing like you can never really know the, f- the full story but the fact is is that like you can't discount how people feel about it 
So it's like fine. Yeah. Like I yeah, I guess I mean like there's like the truth and then there's like your perception and like it it could be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be like an assault like that, but it's like y- y- everybody's going to have a different view, but like you can't dis- mm-hmm. you can't discount that person for for having having feelings and whatever that may be and it's going to be different for everybody trauma trauma affects people differently yeah and up until a certain point um you learn i think fairly early on that her dad passes away but then there's like a whole story behind him and how he lived his life and all of these things um slowly like peel away and I like the root of the story is just like very good um but all of these like slow layers like you don't really find out about the salt and like all that later on but like I'd kind of figured that there like something had happened just the way she was talking Mm -hmm. um but it was a very good book and like even from the cover too from where it's like she was voted most likely to succeed in her school yearbook when you're reading about her um, education and like how she was in school, you're like, oh, she was a very smart kid in school. But then something happened and changed everything. Nothing quite fits together. Yeah, changed everything. But she's never really talking about that. And it's just kind of like she's down on her luck. And yeah, she kind of is. But something happens to you. You can't just like detach from that and move on from your life those things will still continue to affect you you can move on and some people do like flourish and stuff like that but it doesn't mean that everybody does um and it was just it was a very good book um for that kind of um, like i said like it takes people everybody reacts differently and some people maybe do like will do therapy or deal with deal with it as soon as as soon as it happens and that's just mm-hmm. that's just some people's personality, but some people, and like like you said, like society is certainly changing, and like maybe going more into the direction of of trying to to do deal with it right away. But even with with stuff like that, it's like it, it's 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 a constant process. It's it's not like it's like you're gonna go mm-hmm. to therapy for I don't know whatever a year, two years, whatever it is, whatever people think it is. Mm-hmm it's not like it's it's a constant process and you're gonna think about it and maybe your perception will change about it every like it's just gonna be a part of your life and it's gonna be affecting you for the rest of your life yeah and certainly like um because you find out she goes to therapy because of her dad dying and she drops out of university and stuff and I can completely understand like I started going to therapy last year because I thought there was a lot of like residual grief from um, one of my grandparents dying and that certainly was part of it but there was a whole other treasure (laughs) trove under there of just like little things and I was like oh damn like yeah it it does um you really have to do like the deep dive and be accepting of um wanting the help to actually gain benefits from therapy but there's also like if you're not ready for therapy still go because yeah. um when you're ready to accept it at least you'll have some of the tools to like deal with I, I don't think that there's anything like there's nothing in particular that i would go to their therapy for like i don't think i mean maybe other people would disagree uh-huh. but i don't think i'm like <laughs> I, like i'm okay like i 
but I feel like if I went to therapy, I'd probably find out some shit about myself. But like, I've always kind of wanted to go because yeah. there is definitely some things that like, I'm like, I, I, I feel like I am very perceptive about myself, especially living with, with Evan, like he, and it took me a while and, and we've been together for, 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 it'll be 10 years in the spring, but it took me a while, but like seeing yourself through somebody else's eyes like I think really helps and I mean being with him for so long Mm -hmm. now we just have that like rapport where we can talk talk about that kind of stuff but like there's some things that I've noticed that I'm like I do this and it's not good and I think that it's like that's probably a good thing that like I can recognize that and that's probably the first thing but like there's some things that I'm like I don't know how to fix that and at least I can recognize Mm -hmm. when I'm doing something that I don't like or that I know is like a problem but I'm just like how do I how do I cope with that then yeah yeah and everyone will come to that in their own different way but you can also like if there's ever a time where you maybe do want to talk to someone externally about it's like talking to counselors and stuff I found really helped but it also gave me the tools so like the last little bit um I haven't been going to see somebody um for quite a while now and if I do start to like have any sort of moment I'm just like oh just feel it we'll deconstruct this later because you're obviously feeling all of these things and it's sometimes just a bit too overwhelming when you are in the yeah. moment of actually being able to deal with it but um yeah, there's some good moments in this book that really kind of like talk to um, abusive relationships too. Um, the guy that she um, catches in the um, cheating on her, he's a real piece of mm. piece of work, and he appears throughout the book. And then um, the person who abused her, he pops up at some point too. So it's just very interesting. Um, I thought uh, Vari McFarland did like a wonderful job of like crafting that together. Um, but yeah, but some of the things I didn't like about the book was there's a few like random extra characters that are introduced, and like they're so random that and barely spoken to that when they appeared later on in the book, I was like, who is this person? <laughs> Because she has, like, her core little family. She has the few little, like, workmates that she has at the two different places that she's working at. Um, And then, like, her three core best friends. And then there was just, like, these random friends who just, like, appeared very, very briefly. And then... For, like, no reason didn't appear for like most of the book and then they appeared very randomly towards the end to serve no purpose and i was just like why yeah they serve no purpose just cut those like there was actually no need to have those in there like i really liked the little friendship group that she had but the randoms that she mentioned like twice really should have been cut from the book um but in all honesty other than that i thought the book was pretty damn good and it was really funny and the person who was reading the audiobook she did a very good irish accent (laughs) too because um the guy Lucas McCarthy that she'd fell in love with at school he's Irish so when she was playing him or his brother Devlin she did such a good job and she I just thought overall she was a very good um like reader of audiobooks um I really enjoyed her the way she talked because sometimes it's annoying when you have people who do different little accents and stuff 
and I've read a couple books since that have had different um like character voices and stuff and sometimes it's just nice to not have yeah. that it's just read in the same voice through the whole thing as if they're just sitting reading yeah. a book to you and then the people who do that with like different voices they have to yeah. be really good and the the one who read for this book she was really good yeah i i listened to one i haven't listened to any in a while but um i listened to one not long ago and i i don't know the book itself like wasn't great and it was just kind of fluff that I was like, like you said, I was listening to it like on my commute home and like while I was cooking and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. oh God, like she did like doing the like different voices between like men and women. Like I was like, OK, I guess. But then like mm-hmm. you, like you said, you have to be really good at it, like at doing different voices and yeah. make it convincing in order for it to be not be annoying. But this one, yeah, and if you're not good at doing that, yeah, don't just do don't it. do it. Um, this one had like a kid in it, it had like a couple, mm-hmm. it had like a pair of twins, and they were like mm-hmm. five or something like that. And she just did this like baby voice, which I can already not handle baby voice to begin with. And then she would do the baby voice for the kids, and I was just like, oh my god, please, please, no. Yeah, and if a kid's five, they do they don't really have like the baby talk. No, but she yeah. Well, I mean, obviously they still sound like a kid. Like your your voice drops mm-hmm. a bit when you're like when you go through puberty, but I was just like, Oh my god, like I was just like, I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah. So if you're gonna do different voices, at least do it well. Yeah. And if you know you're not good at them, just- don't. Just read the book on your resume if you're an audiobook reader, yeah. voice person. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but there there was a lot of different themes in this book too. Like, there was definitely romance, coming of age, survival to an extent that like she'd gone through a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, to survive. Um, and definitely highlighted a lot on like abuse and counseling. The counseling part two i found very interesting because at one point she obviously realizes that she needs to go back to counseling so she tries to reach out to her previous counselor and she finds out that she moved to a different clinic so she goes to hunt that person down goes to the new clinic and then finds out that her counselor actually passed away and i was like oh my god so then she's like well that's it um and one of her friends is a counselor so that's why she they had like recommended go talk to this person about it um so she had said oh my god i didn't know that they had died um and they were like yeah like they did um why are you trying to find out do you need another recommendation and she was like no no i'm good hmm. and in that moment i was just like oh yeah like these when you need the help it takes a lot for you to realize that you need to like reach out that hand and as soon as there is a slight thing that changes it's that like you that's it you're back to square yeah. one you don't want to reach out again um so i i really enjoyed that kind of like little element in there um that was really good yeah. but overall the book was wonderful to read and it had a lot of like very gushy romance moments too um and one of them it's a little bit of a spoiler but it comes from um lucas right to the towards the very end and uh, it's a major spoiler, actually, because it's when he has like his like epiphany kind of moment to be like, "I want to, um, like ask you out" kind of thing again. Like, I want us to have a thing because 
because of the incident that happened when they were at school, um, he does, it's not that he actually forgets about her, which she is convinced that he like, he's like, no, I don't remember you from school. He's trying to protect himself because he doesn't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. So he denies actually knowing her. Um, but way later on, when they kind of have their like reconciliation moment, he like approaches her and was like, what I was wondering is if you two hope that we have one of those first dates that turns into days and nights, not only due to lust, but because we can't stand to be apart. I wondered if you wanted someone to help zip your dress up before a night out. I wondered if you wanted someone to call first in a crisis. I wondered if you wanted someone to text you to bring you fish and chips when you can't be arsed with a proper dinner. I wondered if you wanted uh, someone in your corner when you visit your family. Someone who doesn't... I wondered if you wanted someone in your corner when you visit your family. Someone who will tell them how lucky they are to have you. I wondered if you wanted someone to fetch the Lucasade when you have the flu. Also, Lucasade is like a British um, kind of like energy drink, oh. but it's common for people to um, drink a lot of it when you're not feeling well. Okay, good, um, good to know. Because <laughs> I yeah. didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, oh, that's such a sweet moment because yeah, that was cute. You. That's kind of like he's saying, I want to be that person who you always depend on. I, I want to be that person. And the way he phrased it was just very nicely done. Well, so, I mean, that's like the thank you the things that. that's like the norm. Like, that's what it is. That's what it ends up being. Yeah. It's not about the everyday. Yeah, thing. it's not about being there for the big stuff. It's about being there for it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. And he does have like... um like the very very end of it is I wonder Georgina if you could imagine being in love with me again the way I am in love with you and that given you're the best thing to ever happen to me if I could if you could give me the chance to love oh (laughs) if you could give me the chance to try to be the best thing that ever happened to you like yeah wow because he's acknowledging you're the best thing that's happened to me I really hope that I can be worthy uh, and be the thing, the best thing that's happened to you. Um, that's so nice. Yeah, but even like, yeah, that's so nice. And he like doesn't even approach her. So when she like reveals about the abuse situation, it's done at the pub night where it's like your worst day at school uh, or something like that. Yeah, she talks about wow. it, and it's like this big reveal moment. Yeah. And, um, which is really disappointing because she also doesn't win the competition. What? Um, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so that was just like, ugh. Um, well, I guess that's, he... that's, I mean, you know, I guess maybe that's a realistic, yeah. like, interpretation of life. Yeah, it is. Everybody and... also has, everybody has worse shit that happens to them. And that's maybe a, mm-hmm. a good way to deal with your trauma as well. Not saying that, like, yeah. you should compare traumas, but anyway. Yeah. So anyway, this happens in the pub that Lucas owns and she's working in and it's in like the upstairs part. So he had gone to see her speech and she can see that he's like obviously having a reaction to it as well. But then as soon as her speech is done, he's disappeared and she can't see him. But all of her family and friends are like, oh my God, we didn't know that this happened to you because she told nobody. And... It was very interesting. And then all of a sudden, 
um like it moves forward in time and stuff um obviously lucas hasn't been in touch with her so they um she's in her house and or her apartment and all of a sudden he's shown up at the door and being like i i need to talk to you and this is when you think that there's going to be this big romantic gesture because that's how all of these books Mm -hmm. go but it's not and he's like i shouldn't have needed to hear what you said last night I wanted to be everything for you and instead I was another one of the men who was angry at you for not being able to have you the way that I wanted. (gasps) Whoa, I have goosebumps. And that, I was like, that is a mature person in this book because that takes somebody very strong to realize that um, at that moment in time, they weren't the person that they should have Mm -hmm. been. And if they had actually stuck around and been the person that they know they could have been, maybe she wouldn't have had to have dealt with it entirely on her yeah. own. And yeah. it was just like a holy shit moment. So then they kind of go apart for a little bit. Figure it like, um, I think she ends up um, quitting her job there. And then like things just kind of happen. And then their friends are like, you guys got to get it together. Like, He's really good for you. Um, Yeah. So, and she herself, like at one point, she's like, I'm not carrying it anymore. I spoke the words aloud, used my words, and I broke the curse. Yeah. Which I think is the first step in you ever realizing that there's any sort of abuse. If you say it out loud to somebody, Mm -hmm. it feels like, yeah. And I remember, like, actually not that long ago, I remember telling um, my mom something that happened to me at some point. And I just, I, it's something that I can talk about more freely now. But I guess I never, like, said anything to my mom. And I said it, and she was like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I guess, like, I, to me, I had kind of, like, I'd broken the little curse, yeah. but... um. Having somebody else say, oh, I'm really sorry that that happened to you was just kind of like a, like a holy shit moment. Like, yeah. oh, like, thanks for acknowledging that. That was a really shitty thing. And I shouldn't really just like, not toss it around, but just like be really like blasé about it. And it was a really shit thing to, to have happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like having that like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Acknowledgement of it mm-hmm. and like even even when you think that you you've you're fine with it and you've dealt with it having that like somebody else be like yeah that sucked and you shouldn't have had to you shouldn't have had to mm-hmm. deal with that like that's that's yeah. a that's a big thing and like handling it mm-hmm. and um another thing that like uh, one of my last quotes is from the counselor that she had and I had this happen in my own counseling uh, in my own counseling sessions that she said there are always those worth worse off than you mm. your problems are not invalid as a result or needing to be measured against an international recognized pain scale before we decide if your condition is severe enough to treat mm. and that really hit me I remember one of the first times I ever went to counseling and um I was trying to not cry 
and the counselor was like why (laughs) yeah why are you trying not to cry like this is a place where you should be able to cry if you want to but um and then I was just like oh well I don't feel like anything is very valid like that I I don't feel that this is a problem I need to be bothering you with and she was like who are you measuring this against who are you trying to like say that um it's against like is it because there are people who have like that are like refugees and living in camps or that maybe don't have enough food that still doesn't mean that the pain that you're going through is not valid um there are plenty other problems in the world and you can't be the person that solves them all because you can't solve them all to then deal with your own problems you have to just be the best person that you can um but it took a lot for me to and I still it's still always a work in progress yeah I mean I feel like especially now with like all of the social media bullshit it's like always constantly comparison even if you think you're handling it like it's just all like no matter what like you're always gonna be like oh well this person posted this on instagram and why is my life not at that yeah stage yeah yet? yeah exactly it's oh yeah that's especially for like us right now like yeah. and i think our generation too has has so many problems with that because we see everybody's life or like in quotes life's lives like we see that all but it's not it's not everything it's only what they want you to see it's a curated version of people's lives so it's not like yeah and i feel that people are slightly more aware of that now but it still takes a lot of energy to be aware that yeah what you are seeing is a curated version whether you want to be aware of that or not um it's not the the like 100 percent truth now fair enough people some people are very honest online but there's still going to be things that they cut out and don't tell you yeah um, but even now i just feel like even when people do like the thing of being really honest oh i'm gonna post about how sad i was today or whatever it's just like is that being genuine like i don't even think that's being genuine yeah it's a curated honesty. exactly exactly like you're only yeah and i don't i don't know if there's really a way to be like completely 100 percent honest because and it's not even about whether or not people are being honest on social media or not it's just about like it's about you it's about you scrolling through instagram and facebook and whatever else it is and seeing like oh this person bought a house this person got engaged this person had a baby and it's like mm-hmm. why don't i have those things but yeah yeah i mean like everybody's and uh, yeah like i said like especially in our like in our generation because we can see all that now Mm -hmm. and everybody is in such a different like there's so many different ways to live your life that is successful and i think that i've definitely struggled with my version of success so and for me too there's different levels of that because there's um different i suppose cultural markers i suppose yeah. so there was like what everybody in like like my hometown the markers that they have for like going through life and i suppose that's how you like figure out the success levels like oh well they're doing this now so they they must be pretty successful or they have their own house they have their own child they have like whatever and then there's like the different markers that i have with like 
the people I made friends with late in high school in Nova Scotia, like into university, there's like the ones who are like, oh, well, they're going on to do their masters. Mm-hmm. They're going on to do like this. They've moved to like a big city and it seems like they're doing well. Yeah. And I moved to a big city and it's been kind of sucky. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> it's just all of these different things. And it's very hard to not um, compare yourself. And all of these things do result in you thinking that there's like the, something wrong with you. There's maybe something wrong, but also that um, if there is something wrong, well, everyone else getting, is getting on fine with their lives. I I should be getting on fine too. I don't need to go see somebody or mm-hmm. that your pain isn't actually a pain. It's just like, well, everyone else is getting on with their lives. Why, why am I having the problem here yeah. of like feeling like I'm stalling and mm-hmm. yeah. So all of these things being said, like I know that on a daily basis, my life is pretty fine. Um, But I also know that um, I can have things that don't feel fine and I can just deal with it in my own space and time. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's fine. I think, yeah, maybe, maybe it does come down like, and it's just, I just get so annoyed when people are like, oh, well, but you just have to be grateful for what you have. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's like, it's not that I'm not yeah. grateful for what I have. I am so grateful for what I have. But it doesn't mean that you can't, like, um, even be jealous or, um, I don't know, just unsure about why things seem to be working out better for some people and not for others. Yeah. Um, that that's like, it for me and other people do have it easier in life in some regards they maybe have a little bit more like um generational wealth or like you were born into like a different class like these things all have such an impact on your life and when you're in school you're all like particularly like high school and stuff um you're all bundled into a group together and those markers don't always like delineate who you're being friends with and stuff so later in life you then see oh actually they they did have a bit more money and were a bit more well off than me and maybe you did notice it in school but now it's become very evident mm-hmm. because um their parents have now helped them Bye. pay a down payment years ago yeah. so they're like now not even on their first house they're now on their second house yeah. and it's like how yeah. like I'm living in a basement apartment yeah. um, in somebody's house. Yeah. Like, I'm not um, on the same level as them. But it doesn't mean that my life is any less successful than theirs. But it's just, it's very hard to think that your life is not as successful as theirs. Yeah, and especially if that's something that you want. Like, if that is something, you're looking at that and you're like, I would really like to buy a house. And then somebody has mm-hmm. has already had two, like you said. It's like, well, yeah. how, how come... Like, how come that's not a thing for me? And I think that that... Yeah, and it's not that they're, like... I I don't know, this is going to sound horrible, but, like, it's not like either of us isn't trying as hard as the other yeah. one. There's just things that maybe somebody's going to have a little bit more barriers to hop over yeah. um, than somebody else's. But, yeah. So I think uh, Vary McFarland, she did a really good job of talking about the different counseling things because she also delves into a lot of like the like familial kind of issues that you have with like your own family that maybe 
um, when you're growing up, you and your siblings maybe aren't as um, supportive of each other, but then that can kind of grow because that did grow throughout the book. I found that her and her sister kind of realized that they are actually a bit more of a solid foundation for each other. Whereas at the beginning of the book, that she was definitely like, oh, well, my sister thinks that I'm completely irresponsible and things. Whereas it kind of evolved by the end of the book to, to kind of show that you can't like your family can be a support to you, but also it showed that your family maybe isn't always a support yeah. for you. But you can also create your own little family like with your friends and stuff too. And I, I just really loved all of the elements of the book. Um, I, I really don't have too much heart harsh things to say against it apart from the character thing um but that could have been like edited out fairly easy but i did find her books very similar to um beth o'leary in the sense of i was just gonna say like there's a lot of hard-hitting things in them and it's very like you gotta think a little bit more about it it's not just your kind of classic um gone with the fairies um romance kind of story like they're not just lifted off the way in a magical cloud but it still is light Um, and like easily digestible like hard hard topics but like still easy to read and not like yeah and i think that that has a talent to it like they're um i think people sometimes dismiss um romance novels in a sense that they don't talk about like hard truths and things but I think that like she definitely talked about the hard truths of life and um that there's all of these traumas in your life so whether it's coming from incidents that happen to you with like sexual abuse or your family or like school and things like that all of these things make up the fabric of who you are and she just did a, a very beautiful job of putting it all together so I definitely think that this would be like a book to recommend to like your friends maybe your parents um like maybe like my mom would enjoy reading this um or like some of the ladies that I work with they would maybe enjoy this but I definitely think it very much is like the time of um it captures like that coming into your 30s like kind of time where things are a little bit more like unsure in your life I definitely found that it seem to sit kind of like where I am right now in my yeah. life and I could relate a lot to it um yeah yeah but overall very good book and I think I would rate it like a four maybe four and a half because I did think it was a very good book um but if we're gonna go with solid numbers I would go with a four <laughs> um, I think we could go with whatever we want whatever yeah. you think <laughs> <laughs> um but I did I, I would definitely like um read it like on a holiday or like going to work i just found it very easy to pick up um yeah whenever i think i'm gonna read it i like it sounds good well i know i have one of her yeah. books i don't know if it's mm-hmm. that one but i think i she has quite a lot if i remember rightly um i'll just look her yeah i don't think it's that one but i think really i have downloaded and she's i've seen her definitely on a lot of like maybe maybe bookstagram like people post about her a lot or like maybe even on goodreads i think she's been like advertised Mm -hmm. a bit so according to goodreads she has 18 distinct works fuck so but i think like one of them is maybe like a collection of four book sets and some of them are like the um different language versions so i don't know if those count towards the 18 right distinct ones but um she does have quite a few and it all seems kind of like romance kind of things yeah. so and i 
let me just check when this one came out. This one came out in 2019. Okay, so fairly recent. So it's been out uh, yeah, for a little while. I think she's written a few more since then. Because I think there's another one just last night. That one came out this year. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think it definitely has, like, the coming-of-age thing because it's about, like, four friends who were friends as teenagers and now they're in their 30s, so... Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, you've convinced me. I'm, I think I'm going to read it. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Okay. Okay. Well, my book. Well, that went not too bad. <laughs> you did, you did great. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Okay, my book. This is a... Oof. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, yeah, this book. Okay. <laughs> okay, so my book that I've chosen for the theme of Life is Fucking Hard <laughs> is... Um, so it's called Songs in Ursa Major. It's by uh, Emma Brody. And again, this is one that I'm going to uh, thank you for, Kirsty, because you got me this book. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and... It was published in 2021 by Alfred A. Knopf, a division of Penguin Random House, LLC. Okay, so first I want to start off with this little author's note that she had um, at the beginning here. And it says, This book was inspired by the records produced at A&M Studios and Sunset Sound in the late 1960s to early 1970s under labels such as Reprise Records, Ode Records, and Warner Brothers Records. So I thought... I was like, okay, maybe I'll just like take a look and see like what kind like what kind of people like they had on that cuz this book takes place like kind of in that same time period like 1960s 70s. So I was like, who who was So the Reprise Records was formed by um Frank Sinatra in 1960. So oh. so he could have more artistic freedom with his records, which is interesting because of the the story, but we'll get into that a bit later. Yeah. Um, the original roster included Bing Crosby, Joe, Joe Stafford, Rosemary Clooney, Duke Ellington, Nancy Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Sammy Davis Jr. Okay, good collection there, people. The roster grew in the 70s to include Jimi Hendrix, Neil Young, Jethro Tull, Fleetwood Mac, The Beach Boys, and many others. So it was nice. like a pretty like hard-hitting like yeah like um record company and they ended up being um purchased by by warner brothers and then it like ended up just being this like huge amalgamation of like a bunch of different um a bunch of different record companies and it's still going i think they actually ended up um there was a bit of a pause like they shut it down for a while and i can't remember what year i I saw that it came back but current artists it is back they they have Mm -hmm. people currently signed to the record um, and they include Enya, Eric Clapton, Green Day, Gerard Way, and one of my personal favorites, and a Canadian boy, Michael Bublé. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that was like an interesting background into like so like mm-hmm. yeah. So this book, okay, okay. Maybe I'll just start with the a synopsis so that I could like get into the story a bit more. Mm-hmm. Bublé's also. Born and raised Burnaby, too. Michael Bublé? Yeah. His house is, like, not far from I know. Where I live. I know. Anyway, sorry. I'll cut that out. (laughs) He is so good looking. Anyway. um, Okay. So. uh, Yeah. So, synopsis. Before I 
before mm-hmm. I can really because uh, I'm I think I'm gonna go off on this book. Okay, I wrote this one this time. I didn't. I'm not gonna use the back of this one because I didn't think it was it was yep. very helpful. Okay, the year is 1969, and the place is Baleen Island Folk Festival. Superstar Jesse Reed is supposed to be the headliner, and when he is in, sorry, no, no, I fucked it up already. <laughs> no worries, it's hard reading for a thing. the year is 1969. The place Baleen Island Folk Festival. Superstar Jesse Reed is supposed to be. Okay, I fucked this up. I just fucked the writing of this up. Superstar Jesse Reed is supposed to be headlining. When he is in a motorcycle accident, local artist Jane Quinn gets the chance of a lifetime when she and her band, The Breakers, are asked to perform in his stead. After a very successful set, Jane and The Breakers are given a record deal, and Jane and Jesse become closer after he decides to stay on the island to recover. And that's just, like, the bare minimum. There's just, like, a bunch of other stuff that happens, but I didn't want to give away, like, any anything. I didn't want there to be any spoilers. But that's basically... Oh, God. I'm not the... I'm the spoiler <laughs> That's queen. basically the gist of the story. So basically, this girl mm-hmm. gets a chance of a lifetime, performs at a folk festival, gets a record deal, um, meets this guy, which I just... Some of, some of the stuff that happens in the story I just find to be a bit unrealistic. Like the fact that yeah. her aunt is is chosen to be like his caretaker and that he like lived on the island is like from there, which they don't even really get into that much. Mm-hmm. Like his parents still live there and his dad. And if the island is very small, I don't never get met how before. never really bumped yeah, into exactly. each other before. And I, I understand that they were maybe trying to portray like, oh, well, he was like well off and she wasn't. But if it's that small, yeah. they would have known each other. And so they have a chance encounter when she goes to pick up her her aunt and like she like they they don't really start dating i think yet but like they do end up spoiler alert they do end up starting dating starting to date um and like the whole thing is kind of like she loves him but she doesn't want to like her she doesn't want people to buy her music based on the fact that she's dating him she wants she wants to be loved and like to be successful based on her own merit and i think like the author based on the author's description of the book i think um she was she was trying to go for like a really feminist approach like she was trying to really be like the record like i i can only imagine in this in this day and age or in that time like how horrible it was for women artists like to to get a record deal like that and like become successful and do what you actually want to do instead of what they tell you to do because they just expected you to listen and i feel like that happens a lot in the book and that's portrayed a lot in the book but anyway she i just felt like based off the description in the book on the back cover she was like trying to make it a really feminist story but i just didn't feel like it was there was too much stuff going on in this in the in the story I think like just with like the relationship with Jesse and like the record deal and like recording her second record and like the the band like dynamics and all that stuff there's too much yeah. stuff going on that I didn't think it was enough to say that the story is about like 
uh, a female artist making her way and making her own way. Yeah, it kind of felt um, like cluttered. Yeah, like really cluttered. And Mm -hmm. the story, I think, would have made more sense if um, you either took it in two different directions where the whole situation with her mom was either cut and there was none of that. And it was more like a she is like a feminist badass, but she like stays on the island and she doesn't pursue her career and like how that could have affected the relationship or the opposite where she does become this incredible superstar and he stays back there, but doesn't also. Yeah. That's kind of where I thought like his entire life. That's where I thought it was going to go. Like I thought that he was going to be permanently because of the accident. I thought he was going to be like permanently damaged or something. I don't know how that would have happened, but I was like, okay, so or that he decided to take the choir yeah. life and just stay there. And she was like, I'm not ready for that. I need yeah. my like star to shine. Um, yeah, I think just having too many things happening that were too similar maybe yeah. just didn't quite pay and off. And like even like you said with her with her mom, maybe that was like this is kind of a big spoiler, but like um I guess it's not I guess it's not too much of a spoiler to say that she Yeah, and we can't yeah to say it's not too much of a spoiler i don't think it's um too much of a a spoiler to say that like she was also in the music industry and like i think that maybe was also kind of part of her trying to make it into like this feminist work because like she was in the industry and she had one of her um one of her songs stolen by a male artist and like and then just disappeared like she hadn't seen her since she was nine or something like that and so but it just it just didn't feel like they they were connecting enough or maybe maybe it's that i needed her to say it outright that that's what she was trying to do is for it to be like i'm a woman so i need to like work harder it's like she was trying to dance around it and i just was like just i i don't i don't feel like that girl power like kind of vibes from from the main character like i i don't even think the main character was fully like realized because i just felt like a lot of like not and not even her a lot of the other characters too they were just making decisions just to make decisions and it or or maybe even just like for the story to, to go in the way that the author wanted to and i was like i don't feel like this is a decision that this character would make yeah and particularly um, all of the female people in her life, it was like she was trying to create this little like female yeah. commune of just women and there would be like no men there. And I do like I think to a very certain extent, yeah, that it probably existed in that time period because women were starting to realize that, yes, yeah. we are actually badass powerhouses. But it didn't seem like there were repercussions yeah. for that's exactly having it. that kind of life. And I feel at that time there definitely would have been repercussions to the fact that they were like had no like males mm-hmm. within their there lives. There was it wasn't even that like there was no males because like her cousin was like with that guy, but it was like very explicit that they didn't ever get married. But but I just yeah. felt like they didn't explain that. And that would be that would have been such an interesting part of the story i feel like is to explain like or it could have been an interesting like um yeah as to explain why maybe they did it or maybe it was like a tradition on that island that they maybe did something else instead of like the legal part yeah maybe they had did some other tradition and that 
if it was like something that was maybe like ingrained in the history or there was some sort of explanation as to why mm-hmm. that they did it yeah it would have made a bit more sense other than the fact that they were like we're trying to be like feminist powerhouses by being on our own yeah okay i can totally believe that but you need to yeah and just like explain why it is or like what like because like apparently it went way back into their family history but it just was like it was never explained like wh- why yeah and it and in history you would yeah. have been shunned for that like even up until not that long ago like if you had a child out of wedlock you had to give that child up for adoption yeah. because like it was not socially acceptable for you to keep that child and i just feel like there was a lot of a lot of that like i just felt like there was a lot of things that were introduced but then not, never explained or like it just didn't seem like it like i can understand why it was introduced for like the the plot but like it just was never like given any legs to stand on if that makes sense like yeah uh yeah i just was like what like and i was just i kind of felt like i was just like i had whiplash i was like going back and forth like what is <laughs> is happening like I, I i just wasn't sure what the book was supposed to be about and i think maybe the author had an idea of what she wanted it to be i'm just not sure if it like came out that way at least to me mm-hmm. and yeah. like in that same vein like <sighs> yeah i just felt like the characters were not developed enough like i was saying earlier about how they were making decisions that i was just like why why it just doesn't make sense why you would make that decision um but i did so i actually ended up like i after this book like i literally and i think i texted you (laughs) after i finished this book Mm -hmm. because i was like i don't know if this good if this book was good or if it was bad because i did enjoy reading it like I was having a good time, but I was also like, what the fuck is this supposed to be? Like, (laughs) and like, and I, I think it had so much potential. Like it could have, it could have been similar to Daisy Jones. Mm -hmm. I think that's what she was trying to go for because Daisy Jones came out, what, like 2019 or something like that. Yeah. Something around there, 2018, 2019. This one came out this year. So I definitely think like it was supposed to be, like that sort of thing and I think it could have been if she would have maybe simplified it a bit because like we said like there was just so much happening um but anyway so after after I texted you and I was like I don't know if this book was good or not I like looked her up because also there is a character in the book later on when she goes to Greece and he it's like this guy that she's like kind of seeing and he's like it says he's from saskatoon and i was like oh my god like i missed that (laughs) i was like oh my god maybe maybe like he maybe she has some connection to saskatchewan so Mm -hmm. i like tried to look her up i couldn't find anything about like where she was from or anything like that but like i also she lives in brooklyn yeah but I don't know if she was like from. There. It didn't say like where she grew, like where she grew up or where she was born or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, but so I was like, I couldn't figure, I couldn't figure it out. But like, I know a lot of people like to use Saskatoon and Saskatchewan as a joke because it's such, it's, it sounds so funny to people who are like not from here. So yeah. like, she might have just like looked up weird places and figured Saskatoon was a funny place for somebody to be from. 
Anyway, so that that caused me to like I was trying to look her up and see like what if I could find out where she was from. And I found this um, interview that she had done. I can't remember with who, but she was saying um, uh, she was saying that she's already writing it into a screenplay. And I feel like that makes a lot of sense because I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like there has been a lot of books in the last, mm, I don't know, maybe five years that Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I, I can see how this would be a good movie, but it doesn't come across as a good book. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And then there's some ones that I'm, I love them as a book. I'm so excited for to see how they will transform them into like, yeah other different works um like on tv and film and stuff like i truly loved normal people loved the tv show truly loved daisy jones of the six very excited to see how that translates to screen this one it might be better on screen than it was as book form which is not something that you would usually say yeah but there's been a trend with some books over the past few years you're like there's just something not quite clicking about this it might be slightly better in a different format so maybe it will be better and i don't want to speak too harshly to emma brody either because i think that this might be her first it's her first yeah i i look at her website i think she's written some all some smaller things but i think this is the first like proper work of fiction and And like i said like i feel like it had so much potential and i think she has a lot of potential Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of good material so i definitely think that i would like if she comes out with another book, I think I would definitely give it a try. And I don't even think that like, um, like I, I don't even think that I wouldn't recommend this book, but I did. Cause I did, like I said, I did enjoy it. Like I had a good time reading it, but it was a bit like maybe, and maybe it was just that it was her first. Yeah. And I, I had seen, um, somebody talk about it coming out and that's why I was like oh my god this sounds amazing it sounds like the potential next like Daisy Jones and the mm-hmm. Six um but like a different vibe in itself so I was like oh my god I have to buy this so that's why I bought a copy for both of us because I was like oh my god this is gonna be the, <laughs> the next, the next yeah. best thing and I I have heard about it and yeah I'm gonna spread the news but it just didn't quite live up to the the hypes I'd maybe given it myself to yeah. well yeah and yeah so i mean like going back to the screen like maybe maybe it will trans transfer a bit better to like a screenplay i still think there's like there's a bit too much going on so they might have to like cut some stories out of it just to make it Mm -hmm. a bit like make it make a bit more sense but also when you have things that are on screen you can see what the characters are doing. You yeah. can like interpret their body language and stuff. So sometimes th- like side stories can be told through yeah. that or through flashbacks yeah. and things. So things can be maybe a bit more explained. Yeah. Whereas when you're writing it in a book, sometimes you have a certain word limit and you're told to cut it down. So maybe these mm. things were in the original cut of the right. book and they were just kind of crafted down to not be included. Or maybe it was just not I thought through because now like looking back it just feels like the book was rushed out yeah like yeah they'd maybe been told like this book has to go to print on this day so like you have to have it ready and it just maybe wasn't as finished as it should have yeah been. I definitely get that feeling too it's hard to say like what it is about it that would make me think 
like it's it's hard to like describe what makes something like easier to translate to screen but like the only other book that i can say that i was like yeah yeah this with this would 100 percent be better and i did actually enjoy it it was like um to all the boys i've loved before have you watched ah have you watched the movie i've watched the tv series or movie or whatever it is i've never seen the i've never read the book but i've watched the well i wanted to i wanted to read it before i watched it because that's what i always like to do is read the book before i watch the movie but like when i read the book i was like this is kind of lame and but like i could see when i was reading it like i can see how like it would be better as a as a just the way that she had written the story like it was like clearly a very like movie-like structure and I actually really did end Mm -hmm. up enjoying the movie so maybe I will end up like maybe if this comes out as a movie or like a a series or whatever maybe maybe it will I'll end up liking it a bit better um but yeah like like on that in that same vein it there seemed just to be such a disconnect in yeah. in the writing because like it was like just like a normal book like a like a normal like i don't know regular kind of fiction novel like kind of a romance but also there's other stuff going on and it would just be like normal like conversation and sp- like speaking and then all of a sudden out of nowhere i think it was this one they they end up going to this like party and i think this was the first one but there was a few times afterwards that i was like what the fuck they end up going to this party and they jesse and jane end up having sex in like the pool house or something like that and there's just the way that the sex was described he it was like and then jesse nailed her on top of a bunch of pool noodles i was like oh like it was just very jarring the way that she like phrased it, and I was like that like very blunt. Yeah, it just it just didn't match with the the writing style of the rest of the, of the book, and I was just like I was I literally had to stop and put my my book down, and I was like that was kind of graphic, like the way that like she described, like and the sex scenes weren't like crazy or anything like that, but just the words that she was using like nailed. And like I was just like, ooh, that would just, it just it just seemed like not fitting with the vibe. Yeah, it just seemed like it, it came completely out of nowhere. And I was like, I can understand if I was reading like some like super sexy like kind of book, but it just like it just had zero like connection to the rest of the book. And I was just kind of like scared by it. I was like, oh god. And then, like, mm-hmm. the rest of them were, kind of, like, kind of the same. Like, it was, like, all, all really, like, graphic terms. Oh, and only in the sex scenes. And I was, like, okay. Like, I'm not sure where this is coming from. But, like, maybe. And then I thought maybe she was doing it on purpose. To mm-hmm. kind of, like, just make it, like, that, like, jarring. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was supposed to be, like, part of it like part of the feeling of the novel because the kind of the whole thing is kind of like Jane is being pulled through like this tour where it's like there's a lot of people doing drugs and drinking and it's kind of like a really disjointed and like I'm sure a very different experience from what she's used to and I thought maybe like maybe it maybe it was on purpose and if it was on purpose then great job it worked like 
I was certainly shocked, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but then also, like the sa- in the same uh, way, like th- I found that it's it flipped perspectives randomly. I don't know yeah. if you felt like that too, but I was just trying to think of something else that um, this is completely off topic, but um, there was a whole thing about her being a nurse. Mm-hmm. And then it just didn't seem to ever make sense. And I'm still not sure. Like, was she a qualified nurse or was she just... Well, I... Th- like, sneaking into the place <laughs> yeah. undercover, like, to... Yeah, no. To spend time with her family member. But, like, I don't... I still don't quite understand that. Um, And there was just a few gaps that I'm just, like, not quite sure of. Yeah. Um, but I was just having a quick flick through to see... I don't know. Yeah, so I think she definitely worked a few different jobs like cuz she was also a bartender and she was obviously also yeah. doing like the band thing. But I think she might have been like a care aide. Mhm. Which I guess this is a spoiler. If you don't want a spoiler, skip skip a few minutes ahead, but like so when it's revealed that like her mom is in the institution mm-hmm. and like the, her, I think her grandma works for the institution in order so in aunt. order to pay for yeah her care so i don't know if that's part of it but like i don't think she's like a fully and also i don't know maybe it was different in the 60s and 70s like maybe the the qualifications were different for being a nurse because i feel like even like i mean look look back into like the like world war 1 and world war 2 if you were a woman you were just like, okay, so you can be a nurse or you can be a teacher. Basically. Yeah, so I think that the the courses for being a nurse were like significantly different than they are now. So I don't know. Maybe she was like fully qualified and then she just would pick up shifts wherever she could or Yeah. It just seemed like there was a bit of a disjoint on exactly Yeah, for sure. Like I mean, especially towards the end. I was like, are you even qualified? Yeah. Like what's your deal yeah. here um but i mean that that just goes so. back to like it being such a weird like mm-hmm. disjointed story i don't remember the perspectives thing disappearing but it or like the perspectives uh, flipping but that doesn't mean it wasn't because it was like i did read this months ago well it wasn't and, and like that's that's why i feel like it was a kind of a bit random because it didn't specifically say like it wasn't like um like Beth O'Leary where she would have a chapter for each. It would just see it just seemed like it would come out of nowhere. But also there was a few chapters where it was like this chapter is from the perspective like the first chapter is from the perspective of a journalist. And then I think there's one from the perspective of one of the photographers. And then Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Um and it, it was just kind of like a side bit, but and I feel like that's okay to an extent. Like if it's, and you don't want to copy somebody else's book yeah. because no, like, um, obviously, and we keep referring back to Daisy Jones and the Six, but like that was so distinct. I found in its own way because the purpose was to have different people going back. Yeah, and forth. an interview. And if you're, if you're leaning into that, lean into yeah. it. But if you're having something where it's a very distinct difference from the the main character, what's in the, what's in the main character's flow of things, you really have to detach that as its own thing, and even like 
title it as like this Mm -hmm. is just like an excerpt from a thing not keep it within the flow of things yeah um because i know that i've read certain books too that maybe have like an entire chapter where it's like email exchanges back and forth oh yeah that's that's also very different too um it's changing up the pace of the the novel um so if you do listen to something that does if you do listen to an audiobook that has that it's very funny because then if it's one through email exchange they read out the email like the to whoever oh, yeah. like they read out the email addresses it's kind of funny yeah. um but yeah i feel like if you're doing something that's kind of changing up the rhythm you kind of have to make it distinct yeah. from the rest of your text yeah and i feel like like they would she would switch between like jesse and jane sometimes like in the middle and i would just be like what who who's talking right now like yeah i i as a reader i need to have like this is either somebody's chapter or it then all of a sudden switches like you need to be very distinct about who is talking because especially if it's their thoughts you need to know whose thoughts it is yeah um instead of it being a bit more jumbled yeah so yeah those were my biggest like my biggest things and like i said i actually like i did enjoy the story and i feel like it it had it had potential and there was a lot of good material in it and mm-hmm. it just maybe needed to be fleshed out yeah a little and bit maybe it just needed to be more. longer or maybe it needed to be maybe a few things did need to be cut out and maybe like you said maybe there was more in it and then it had to be cut down mm-hmm. but or just like the storyline adjusted so like there was bits that explain something, but if you adjusted the storyline, you really didn't need all that narrative, yeah. so that could all be cut. Yeah. Um, so I do have a bit of a excerpt from it, and it's from the very beginning. It's when... And I actually liked this part. Um, like, at the beginning, before it kind of got all jumbled. Um, like, the part where it says, like, she's it's basically this part is basically just um setting up like how talented she's meant to be mm-hmm. okay so to set to set the stage she is just been asked to cover for jesse reed on the on stage and they've just all come out onto the stage in front of this huge crowd who are who are expecting to see somebody else mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, everyone, said Jane. We're the Breakers. This had no impact. The crowd continued to chatter as though they were in a parking lot rather than at a concert. On stage, the boys fidgeted in place. Jane exchanged a look with the guitarist. Get off the stage! A shrill voice cried above the chaos. Jane glanced toward the drummer as though about to count off. She faltered. Curtis felt a wave of pity. How was the slip of a girl supposed to compete with one of the world's biggest stars? Jesse Reed, Jesse Reed. Then Jane Quinn turned toward the crowd, squaring her shoulders. Her movements were slow and deliberate. She took a deep breath and placed a hand on the mic stand, closing her eyes. She stood perfectly still, listening. The crowd quieted half a decibel. When she opened her eyes, there was flint in her stare. She leaned toward the mic. My girls got beads of red and yellow. Curtis's heart skipped a beat as the chorus from Sweet and Mellow arched over the meadow like a silver comet. Jane's bandmates exchanged, exchanged mystified looks. The crowd gasped. Had she really just done that? 
Um, also for context, she's singing a song, one of Jesse Reed's most popular songs. Her eyes are starry bright. Jane Quinn surveyed the audience with self-assurance as though to say, I know that you think you want Jesse Reed, but I'm about to show you something so much better. It was like watching someone hold a lighter up to a monsoon. The girl was bold as fuck. She makes me feel so sweet and mellow. What a range, a soprano in the school of Joan Bays and Judy Collins, although not nearly as patrician-sounding as Collins or as embattled as Bays. There was an untrained edge in her voice, an almost Appalachian coarseness that raised the hair on Curtis's neck. Just gorgeous. She makes me feel all right. Jane glanced at her guitarist. He gave her a nod. She had, give, she had taken a leap, and they were right behind her. The root chords of the song were a simple A major progression and practice group could pick up. Any practice group could pick up. The drummer counted them in and the breakers began to play. Time slowed. My girl makes every day a hello. When Jesse Reed sang Sweet and Mellow, his voice intoned the melody. No ornamentation, just his pure baritone and his guitar. As Jane Quinn sang, the cast, she cast off any memory of Reed's rendition adding runs and grace notes as she went, as though composing the song in real time. Curtis was astounded. She made choices no other musician would have or could have made. Her eyes light up the night. The crowd couldn't help themselves. They they began to sing along. They had all come to witness a legend being born, and now they were. It just wasn't Jesse Reed. She makes me feel so sweet and mellow. Curtis had been at Newport when Bob Dylan had walked on stage with his electric Fender Stratocaster. He'd been in a he'd been in Monterey two years later when Jimi Hendrix had lit his guitar on fire during Wild Thing. Neither compared to this, an unknown taking over the headlining spot, a girl. They'd be talking about Island Folk Fest '69 forever. She makes me feel all right. Those who had been walking away turned back. Those who had been crying smiled. They whooped. They whooped and cheered and kissed and hugged. When the song finished, they lost their minds. Janie Q, shouted Edison, applauding beside Curtis. Janie Q. It really is a beautiful night, said Jane, as though continuing a conversation from earlier. With that, she counted the breakers into their next song, an up-tempo original called Indigo that brought to mind White Rabbit. Curtis couldn't catch the words, but the music was hot. The Breakers had a great sound, a mix of art and psychedelic rock, all twisting notes and brain chords. Even so, Jane's voice was stole the show. Her loveliness felt personal. It was impossible to look at her and not take flight in some small part of you. As she sang, Curtis felt that true rock star feeling. He wanted her to see him. She gave her shoulders a small shimmy, light refracting off the silken strands of her hair. Then it happened. Jane Quinn grinned right at him. He just knew it. Hours later, as Curtis floated onto the Electra party yacht, snorting lines off the flower moon groupie's abdomen, Mark Edison received word from a source at the island's hospital. 30 minutes after that, the Island Gazette went to press with the headline, Folk Fest Breakout Jesse Reed Narrowly Misses Death in Motorcycle Crash and Cancels the Remainder of Tour. So that's it. That's kind of the beginning of the, yeah. the book. And... And maybe that's also kind of why I felt like it was more suitable as a movie because the way that she writes the character of Jane is that she's just like so perfectly like she's amazing and like she doesn't have to try to be amazing. 
you know? Almost so perfectly unique. Yes. Um, she's a she's a manic pixie dream girl. Like mm-hmm. she's just Yeah, and she's like special, you know? Like she's special because she's And that's very hard to write. Yeah. She's special because she's different. Yeah. But it was like and also like she just wrote it in that like she picked up any interest like like because that's how she and jesse meet is because she's in his house like picking up her aunt and she sees this piano and she has never played piano before in her life and she sits down and just starts playing it and like knows what she's doing and granted i don't know very much about um instruments i played fucking clarinet in my fifth grade band and i played for one year and i was done Yep. So maybe maybe this does happen. I just find it hard to believe that you can sit down to an instrument and play it perfectly and like write songs on it. I think you maybe can if you know, like if you maybe learned how to play, I don't know, flute, and then you maybe wanted to play clarinet. Yeah. Like, there's somebody I went to school with, her sister – she played a different instrument than her sister, and then her sister just like picked up her instrument and was just but like, "But it has to be the oh, same class of instrument." Yeah, like and like I can't do that. Like I can kind of drum, but not great. There's no way I could pick up a set of bagpipes and play those. Yeah. Like <laughs> different. I think different that's things. true for like a lot of people. A lot of people probably could not just pick up. Yeah. even if you've they, probably they you probably even if you've done it before you probably can. yeah <laughs> but like piano i can kind of see because i suppose the scales and stuff that you would learn in music are very like noticeable i think on a keyboard but if she has like no hmm yeah i'm skeptical anyway like may- maybe it does happen i feel like i've heard of it happening before where people like when i was a kid i just picked up a guitar and i knew how to play like or it's like you teach yourself and it's like, okay, if you say yeah. so. Like, but I also think that that kind of diminishes, like, if you're trying to make it about, like, girl power and, like, uh, a woman making her own way in a, in a male-dominated field, it kind of diminishes, making your character that way kind of diminishes all the hard work that goes into it. And I think, yeah. And to also have your character like almost like placed on, placed on a pedestal right. as being this like Perfect. unique person stuff, you're taken away from that feminist thing of like we are all very similar, and if we stand in solidarity together, we can like achieve things. That kind of is gone when it's just like oh well, she's special, she's special so yeah. she can get yeah it. exactly. So it kind only of this would happen to her kind of, like like thing. because she's yeah. so perfect and beautiful and amazing and the best artist that anybody's ever seen yeah and the fact that um all of a sudden they needed this band to come up on stage like yeah sure maybe like way back then it would have been fine for that to happen but now if you have a music festival usually you have so many big names attending it especially if it's a bigger music festival you have so many big names attending that People aren't generally just like plucked out of like the smaller little events yeah. to go play. Yeah, it's a lot more. There's hard, like contracts so... and money and all that kind of bullshit that like makes it difficult. Yeah. Um. 
So I think it's a bit more fantastical mm-hmm. than it originally leads you to believe. And obviously, it's a work of fiction. Yeah. It's not going to be real. But I find that the best, some of the best works of fiction are things that have things based in reality. that You can relate to it. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, overall, like I said, I think it has a lot of potential. But just not one of the it just didn't it just didn't land maybe and maybe wows. it's because i had maybe it's me maybe i had too high of expectations i also felt the same but i do also think that i also had a high expectations for yeah. it it was just a little ugh. and i was i read this book when i was on like a book binge mm-hmm. at the beginning of the summer and it just didn't land as good as the other ones that i was reading yeah. um but it did at the time, because I was also on a binge too, I was just like reading it. consuming yeah. it so quickly that I was like, oh yeah, but then afterwards when I really did kind of think about it, I was like, yeah, I really didn't enjoy that as much as what I thought I did. It was a little... I mean, I did I did read it and I was like, I, I went through it fairly quickly, mostly because I was just like, okay, well, what's going to happen next? Like, it wasn't predictable, but not in a good way because I was just like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem like anything is connected to the rest of the novel. Yeah. So I had a quick flick through um, Goodreads just to kind of, I was kind of curious to see what people yeah. were thinking of it. And it did get a, like, overall, it's got a 4.0 rating on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. How many? Um, so I was looking how many through, are like, like a lot of them. Stars. Does it say? Um, I think at the like rating details, uh, four stars, forty three percent, um, and thirty one percent is five stars. Hmm. So, it's lower ones, not so much. But um, when I was looking through, there's somebody who gave it a two star rating, and just to, like summarize, they like agree that it like kind of accurately depicts the music industry machine of the sixties and early seventies, mm-hmm. but um. The novel tries to hit the high notes, but ultimately the notes it hits are flat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very small, concise review, but I honestly think that it's... Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it just didn't, yeah. like... It just didn't do it, I guess. Um, would I recommend it? <laughs> I, think, I think I would. Like, I think... Maybe even just to have more people to talk about it with and be like, what did you think of it? <laughs> because yeah. obviously some people liked it if there was 31% of people who gave it like five stars. Yeah. And I think that in my opinion, it would maybe be a book. See like um, if you go away to like a, a cabin or something and there's a whole bunch of books there that you can maybe take a book and leave a book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it definitely sure. wouldn't be one of the books where I'm like, I'm not leaving this yeah. here. I'm taking this book right home with me. I don't know if it would fall in that category yep. for me of taking home. Yeah. I think I would be quite happy if somebody said, oh, can I read it? I'm like, yeah, you can have it. Um, so it is a very pretty book. So sometimes I don't like to give away the pretty books. But... The cover is nice. Like the colors are nice. And it, like definitely, like I probably like if you hadn't ordered it for me, I probably would have picked it up if I was shopping for like for books at a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um. But then again, I guess don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I don't know if I'd be 100% to like give this book as a gift. But 
if somebody wanted to read it and I had it, I would just like be like, yeah, sure, here you go. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't mind if it didn't come back? Yeah. It's not one of the ones where I'm like, yo, <laughs> where's my book? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, I don't think I'll be reading it again. And maybe that's that's a measure. Like, if you think a mm-hmm. book is so good that you would read it again. Anyway, so I think my rating would be like three stars, which yeah. I realized after the last episode and you gave um like Malibu Rising a four or yeah, I think you gave four, four and a half. Can't remember. Yeah. But I was like You thought it was hard. But I was like, oh shit, <laughs> Kirsty is like Kirsty is like going hard on these books. I gotta I gotta step up because I was like, road trip, like five stars. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. But there was definitely things <laughs> there was definitely things that like I don't know, like like we were I think we talked about it. Like I was like, it wasn't my favorite mm-hmm. Beth O'Leary. It yeah, was still I think great, it takes but, like, a lot for me to give a a five star review, but maybe I'm just a, too critical. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. But I was like, oh, I guess I gotta be, I guess I gotta be harder on my ratings. <laughs> so three, but like, no, I think that three stars I is think fair. Three is fair for this because yeah. it's not horrible, but it's also not, not what I was looking for, I guess, or what I was expecting it to be. Yeah. So there you go. That song's in Ursa Major. Yay! Another episode down. Another episode down. <sighs> well, that was a good one, I think, because I'm definitely going to read yours, I think. It yeah. sounds really good. Yeah, it was pretty good. And I really did like the audio book of it, too. So if you just wanted to like listen to it. Um, it's good. It's I've been getting good. my my audio books from the library. So yeah, I'm going to have to get a library card from Regina now because my one in Vancouver expired on the 31st. So uh, it was like perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess that is it from us. Yeah. Thanks Please for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. We have an Instagram account, and once these are actually posted, I suppose we'll be on all the places that you would usually find podcasts. Yes, and also if you want to um, email us and tell us what you thought about any of these books, if you felt like you wanted to read them, or if you've already read them and you disagree with us heartily. Um, feel free to send us an email. What's our email address, Kirsty? Oh, at dearbearbookclub at gmail.com. There you go. We'd love to hear from you. So Yay. that's it. Thanks for so much for listening, and we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Hey everybody, it's Nikki here. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Dear Bear Book Club. I just wanted to hop on and remind you that we'll be releasing a read-along episode on February 17th. So if you want to read along with us, your homework is Beautiful World, Where Are You? by Sally Rooney. And we want to know what you think. Drop us a line on our Instagram page at Dear Bear Book Club or send us an email at dearbearbookclub at gmail.com. You might have the opportunity to be featured on an episode. Keep reading and see you next time.